All right, so let's uh, start today's uh, message. Um, right, I just wanted to uh, share about uh, something which I was studying. Uh, the law and the prophets, you know, how, how the, the Old Testament law in the Bible, right, uh, makes sense, how to make sense of the law, right? We have several laws which God gave. I mean, the Bible is there for us also to study, uh, you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So uh, the New Testament, the New Covenant uh, uh, does not uh, uh, stand without the Old Covenant, right? So that's why Christianity is called as a Judeo-Christianity, right? So Christianity does not have any root by itself um, unless, you know, it is built on top of uh, Judaism, right? So that's why Christianity is called as Judeo-Christianity, right? So, uh, yeah, so how to make sense of the Old Testament? Um, and I'll quickly, uh, um, you know, share my thoughts on what I studied and what, right? So the Old old Covenant, right? The Old Covenant, the Old Law, which was given to us, which is there in our Bible for us to read, you know, what, what are these laws? What, what does it mean to us as Christians? Should we follow these laws? Should we not follow these laws? You know, for, for example, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is just one part of the law. Uh, there are actually uh, 613 commandments in the Old Old Testament. So what are we supposed to do with this as Christians? Are we supposed to follow all of these or some of these or only the Ten Commandments are important? Right. So there, there must be some meaning to that. Right. So that's what we will be studying today from uh, biblical, from a biblical point of view. Right. So uh, let's start off uh, with Matthew chapter 5 verse uh, 17. Right. What Jesus said. Let's uh, let's read that. Right. See what Jesus said. Think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am. I have come to. Uh, sorry. Um, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Right. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth passes away, not one stroke of the uh, pen, right, shall pass away from the law, till everything is fulfilled. Right. So Jesus is saying that he is not come to destroy the law and the prophets. You see that specific uh, verse: the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets. So they complement each other. So the first five books of the Bible is called as the Torah. Right. In the uh, uh, Old Testament, the Jewish Bible. Right. It's called the Torah. The first five books. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. Right, this is the Torah. Right. So after that, we have the book books, the fifteen books, uh, which are the books of the, the prophetic books. Even though they are historic uh, books, we consider them as the prophetic books. Right. The major prophets. I mean, major in the sense we we talk about the size. Right. Like Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah. Right. And then we have us. Uh, Zechariah, Hosea, these are all, even though many of them are historic, you know, they are still considered the prophetic books, right? So the Torah and the prophetic books, the law and the prophets. See what Jesus said. Think not that I have uh, come to destroy the law or the prophets. He said the law and the prophets, but I have come to fulfill, right? So Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets, right? So what did he mean by that, right? So when we say law here, exactly like I said, it's the commandments given to old ancient Israel. Right through uh, Moses, right. So the story goes like uh, you know, it's it's not not just uh, you know, uh, just God has given those laws for you know to chastise us or to put some pressure on us. Do this, do this, or else I'll punish you. No, it's it's not that. In fact, the law was not there even when God called Abraham right out of uh, uh, out from his uh, father's house. Uh, the law was not there at that time. Even even the patriarchs when uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right, the calling of Jacob, and then. Uh, those times the law was not there. The law was given only when uh, 
the when when uh, God called Israel out of Egypt and then gave them their own land in that land for them to live by you know God gave them the laws right so before that what so the bible says Abraham believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness much like us also we believe in Jesus Christ God his son so his righteousness is credited unto us right so does that mean that Abraham is justified without the law are we justified without the law no the law was given for a reason all right for Israel to live in a particular way and be an example to the whole world you know and to advertise their god advertise the god of Israel so that you know people can live learn about the god of Israel by looking at their lifestyle but they failed miserably and that is where Jesus came in and he was called the true Israelite because he fulfilled all the law right so let me not deviate so the law uh, uh originally like i said was uh, the first uh, 613 laws the first 10 of them were given uh, and and because you know they were the first 10 they are called as the 10 commandments and if you look at the 10 commandments uh, half of it is uh, you know uh, is about loving god all right and the other half is about loving your neighbor or loving others right so when god created man so that was the purpose to love god and to love others so that was the whole purpose right so god created the purpose of creation is only that to love god and to love others right and then when mankind fell right we have our the sinful uh, nature it crept into us we were not like that before but you know through sin if you if you look at my message on uh, sin you know there was a separate message i think i shared it on podcast also so it clearly uh, shows how sin entered the world right why sin entered the world right why god made man and set him as ruler on this earth and before us there were other fallen angels that was lucifer and his uh, and his angels they were civilizing the earth right they were populating this earth and then uh, the earth was totally destroyed by god because of their fall right because of their rebellion all right and then god set man above them as god created a lowly man from the earth all right and then set them uh, as kings and queens on this earth uh, gave the dominion which originally belonged to lucifer and his angels to us and that's why uh lucifer hates god and hates us right he wants to bring us down and that's how we fell lucifer usurped his power back from us he stole that power through deception right so the the real estate of the earth like i said you know it it belonged to lucifer he stole it it was given to us but then he stole it right and then jesus had to come and redeem it back for man jesus god, god became man as man redeemed that uh title deed of the planet earth right but jesus has yet to come back and actually claim that uh, the title deed is one like it's like uh, you have the power of attorney the papers are there but then you have not gone and reclaimed your house you know right now it's inhabited by rats and wild animals and you know uh criminals probably later on you know when the owner of the house will come with the title deed with authority he will come and chase all of them out and then he'll clean the house and then he'll set up his throne right and in the present day Jerusalem right that is what the bible says right so that's that's the uh gist of how man fell right how man lost his dominion and uh our bodies became subject to sin right that is what i i spoke about at that time so uh the law was given through uh Moses to Israel who are the descendants of uh, Abraham Isaac and Jacob they were in slavery in Egypt god delivered them from Egypt gave them their own land saying that okay so now I'm your god you're my people right and then he gave them their own land and how you're supposed to live in this land he started giving them uh laws right those days it was not a monarchy or a 
uh, autocracy, right? It was theocracy, right? Israel was the first theocratic nation. Means theocracy means it is not ruled by a king. It was ruled by God Himself directly through Moses, the prophets, the judges. If you look at it, they didn't have a king those days. So it was a theocracy, and the constitution for them to live by the laws were given by God Himself directly through the prophets and Moses, right? So that's how the law came into existence. So that law is there even in our Bible today. Like I said, our Bible is built on top of the old covenant. Right? It cannot stand uh, without the old covenant as a foundation for the new covenant. Right? The new covenant cannot stand on its own. Like I said, it's Judeo-Christianity. Right? So, so these laws, uh, what, what are we supposed to do with this now? Should we follow some of it? Should we follow all of it? Or does it not really matter? Right? So uh, if, you, if you look uh, at the Old Testament stories, right, when God gave these laws to uh, to the Jews, they immediately broke it. In fact, even before it was given to them, when Moses came down from uh, from 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 the mountain after receiving the commands, he saw what did he see? They were worshiping the. They made a golden calf, and then they were worshiping that. Right. The very very the very very first they faltered at the very uh, threshold at the beginning of their uh, you know journey with God. Right. God set them up in the land of Canaan. Right, and then gave them their own land. And then God gave them the Ten Commandments, they broke it. And then if you see, there is a pattern after that. They rebelled and then God gave them some more laws. And then they rebelled and then God gave them some more laws. They rebelled and then some more laws and then rebelled. And then all the 613 laws which God gave them, how they're supposed to... Even in fact, there were some unwritten laws, right? For example, the Jews, even today, they, they, they eat only kosher meat. You know, in the sense of a Muslim, Syed must be aware, they call it haram, right? If they are not supposed to eat meat with blood in it, right? But there is no commandment in the Bible or uh, even in the old Torah, how you're supposed to sacrifice. But the Jews are very, very uh, good in terms of passing their traditions on, right? So there was an oral Torah given by God to Moses, how they're supposed to sacrifice the animals and how they're supposed to drain the blood. It is not there in the Bible, but the Jewish, the Jewish traditions Tell us about that. So even today you see the Jews don't eat meat, uh, which has got blood in it, right? That is called as kosher meat. So apart from the 613 laws, there were other oral Torah that was given to Moses, which if you go and look at the Jewish traditions, if sometime, you know, when all this uh, pandemic and everything probably uh, goes away, all of us, maybe we can plan a trip to Israel. I think we should do that. We should all pool in some money, um, you know, just go to Israel and come visit the Holy Land see the places where Jesus walked, understand the Jewish traditions and see how it makes sense with our Bibles and with our Christian lifestyle, right? It will be, that'll be a great uh, idea. So let's pray. Uh, so this pandemic and everything goes away and then let's, I don't know, I think we should do that. We should pull in all of our monies and then we should just, I think there are, uh, I know, Holy Land tours also, some Christians have organized and all that. I think maybe we should find out more about that. That'll be very interesting, right? So if you look at the Jewish lifestyles, you will find there are a lot of traditions that they have followed from time immemorial, from the times of Moses, how they sacrifice and things like that. So these are all the laws we're talking about, right? So the point is, you know, they failed with all, almost all of these laws when God gave them, right? So, so when they were about to enter the promised land, you know, Moses was like, you guys, you know, you guys are not capable of uh, living by the laws. In fact, he made a statement that your hearts are hard, right? He made that statement, your hearts are hard, right? And this is exactly what the prophets also said later on, right? Moses brought in all these laws and the prophets, like for example, Ezekiel 36, uh, verse 26 to 27, it clearly says, right, let me read it uh, for you. 
This is what God tells Israel through the prophet Ezekiel. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Look at that. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Right. So here's Ezekiel prophesying through. I mean, uh, God is prophesying through Ezekiel that, you know, uh, he's talking about these these hard hearts. He's going to remove this hearts of stone and give them a renewed heart and put a spirit in them so that, you know, this uh, following these laws and uh, it will not feel like an obligation, right? Uh, it, you will do it out of love. That is what even the prophet Jeremiah says in chapter 31, verse 31 to 33. Let me read it for you again, right? Jeremiah chapter 31, 30, verse 31 to 33. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel. Look at that. He's not talking about the old covenant. The old covenant is still there, right? It's built on top of it. Jesus is saying, I mean, the Lord is saying, I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors. They're saying it will not be like the old covenant where I took them by hand and led them out of Egypt. Right. During that time, he made this old covenant because they broke my covenant. See what God is saying. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. Right. And verse 33 says, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their mind and write it into their hearts. And I will be their God and they will be my people. Look at that. He said, I will put the law in their hearts. How does God plan to achieve this? So all this while, Israel has demonstrated. See, not only Israel, we are worse than Israel, actually. Israel, yes, they, they were the chosen people of God. How much worse are us Gentiles who are not uh, the Jewish community? We were, you know, we were, Israel was supposed to live, uh, you know, their lives according to the laws. Some of the laws that were given to them were ritualistic laws, sacrificial laws they were supposed to follow. And some of the laws were about social justice, how they were supposed to treat uh, the foreigners, the neighbors, the aliens, the widow, right? So by following these laws, they were supposed to be an example, shining example. And where, you know, God, where God of Israel was supposed to be ministered to the whole world. Example, like you, we, we've studied the book of Jonah, if you remember, right? How God sent a prophet from Israel to minister to an absolute foreign land. Job was not an Israelite, but he knew the God of Israel and he, right? So God was, uh, you know, God's intention was to save the whole world, to make his laws and his covenant known to the whole world through Israel, which they miserably failed. And this is exactly what God is talking about here, right? He is talking about a new covenant here. He said, the old covenant they have broken. I will make a new covenant with them, you know, and I will put my laws in their hearts. I'll write it into their hearts. So that they will no longer feel like, you know, having an obligation to do, oh, okay, I need to do this. Today is the Saturday. I need to follow the Sabbath. Oh, I need to give one-tenth of my earnings to, uh, to, the, to the temple. Uh, not earnings. It's the, the produce of their, uh, you know, agriculture, right? Uh, I'm supposed to, uh, oh, this is the seventh year. I'm supposed to not do any work on the fields. I'm supposed to leave it all free uh, for the animals to come and eat and so the poor can also survive. And these are the laws that were given to them, right? And they were just following... Uh, as an obligation, they did not truly love God and love was missing. And then God said that, you know, I will remove that hard heart and I will put uh, a heart of flesh in them, right? So that following my law or loving me and loving others will not be an obligation for them, but then they will do it willingly. How, how did God uh, plan to do this, right? And Isaiah prophesied about a suffering servant who will come and lead the entire Israel, the nation of Israel and the world uh, by carrying their sins upon himself. And then he is going to, you know, change uh, the hearts and Isaiah prophesied about a, about a, a, a leader or a king like that right so this is where Jesus comes in right Jesus 
came and then he agreed with the laws and the prophets. So all, all the while we saw that, you know, the problem was with the hearts of the Israelites. Basically, it's not only the Israelites, it's the human beings. It's a human condition. All of us were having, are having hearts of stone, you know. Um, and Jesus said, it's out of your heart comes all these evil things, right? You know, and the Pharisees complained about, you know, not following the law. Why your disciples are not washing their hands before eating? Right. As per Jewish customs, you're supposed to wash your hands before eating cleanliness. Right. So these were poor fishermen. And, uh, you know, Jesus, he didn't even didn't even have a house to live in. He was going around doing ministry. And then, you know, when somebody used to uh, call them to their house to, you know, uh, make a, with a party or you know, sometimes they used to eat. Right. And then these, these Jews complained, the Pharisees complained that, you know, your, your uh, disciples are breaking the law. They are not washing their hands. In fact, sometimes they used to, uh, uh, you know, they used to complain that, you know, they are not following the Sabbath because they just broke one grain, um, you know, from the fields. Right. So they used to complain, your disciples are not following the Sabbath. So Jesus said that, you know, you guys are, your hearts are hard. You're living the law only because the law was given to you. You have no love. Right. Is, you know, how good is it if a man is dying, if he's hungry and then you say that today is the Sabbath, I will not do any good work today. Jesus healed, uh, uh, healed people even on the Sabbath. So the point is the law was given for life for, to improve the quality of your life for man. It was not the other way around. You're not supposed to uh, make the law uh, uh, where it brings in death. Then the whole purpose of the law is defeated. Right. So the law was given to you know, improve your quality of life, improve your quality of spiritual life, improve your relationship with God and others. But if that law itself is becoming death, then what's the point? If that law itself is bringing about hate, um, death, there's no point. So Jesus healed people on the Sabbath and then the Pharisees took offense to that, right? They, they took offense to almost everything saying that, hey, this is the law, this is the law, right? Jesus said that, hey, forget it. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And then they were taken aback. Jesus declared that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. All the laws were there, you know, for man, all right? So Jesus said, I'm going to fulfill all these laws. How did he fulfill all these laws, right? He, he loved, he demonstrated that love, uh, you know, by live, by healing. But he demonstrated his love by healing uh, people of the sickness, banishing the demons. And then he took the sins of entire humanity on the cross. In fact, he loved his enemies even to the point of death. On the cross he forgave those who tormented and spat on him and then mocked on him i mean he forgave them even on the cross even until he died he said father forgive them for they don't know what's happening he said that you know i am taking over the sins of the whole world but these guys don't understand that they think that by killing me you know they are uh, you know getting rid of uh, one small threat you know jesus was a threat to those uh, religious leaders but jesus had much bigger things in his mind he wanted to take over the sins of the whole world on his head and these roman soldiers and the Pilate and even the uh, Pharisees, the Caiaphas, they didn't understand that he was taking over the sins. They wrote all their sins on his head, right? That's why he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand these big things, right? So let me suffer silently. And he suffered everything silently. And then he paid the price on the cross, right? So he achieved something which no Jew, no Israelite, none of us could achieve, right? He lived by the law. He, in fact, he loved God and loved others. Right. And then, um, you know, after his resurrection, so Jesus uh, was resurrected after that, right? After his resurrection, he, he came, he appeared to his disciples. And then he said that he's going to send his spirit to transform their hearts again with that, the heart, so that the purpose of the law was fulfilled. Right. So that is how Jesus uh, fulfilled the uh, law. 
So in the book of uh, Matthew, which we read in the beginning, think not that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. Look at that, the law and the prophets. Initially, the law was given and then the prophets also agreed uh, upon the law. And then the prophets pointed out uh, the hard heartedness of human beings. And then how Jesus came to correct that problem, how, how he came to solve that problem. How did he solve that problem? First of all, he uh, took over, he paid the, uh, you know, the sins of humanity, right? He said, don't worry, I have overcome. Do not worry, I have overcome the world for you. It means he has overcome. So now Jesus is the foundation, right? So we don't have to worry about, you know, following all the laws. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to keep the Sabbath holy. Yeah, because the Bible says the Old Testament, keep the Sabbath holy, right? You're not supposed to work on Saturdays. Sunday is not the Sabbath. As per the Bible, Saturday is the Sabbath. You're supposed to give one-tenth of whatever you grow to the temple, right? And there are 613 laws. But are we following all these laws? Are we supposed to follow all these laws? No. Jesus summed up all these laws into just two laws, right? Love the Lord your God and love others. Love your neighbor. So as long as we do all these things, he said that all the law and the prophets is summed up in these two great commandments. Someone asked him, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God and you know, love others. In fact, it's two sides of the same coin, right? If you don't love others, you don't love God. If you love God, you will love others. You know, example he gave us, you know, when he said, thou shall not commit adultery. None of us and all of us will say that, hey, I'm not committing adultery. I'm not committing adultery. But then he took it one step further. He said, if you look at a woman with lust, then it shows the condition of her heart is what he's saying. Look at that, the heart again, right? So in your heart, you're not loving that woman like the image of God. You're looking at that woman as an object of lust. You're objectifying that woman as a thing to lust after. Right? So, uh, there it is, the heart again. So, Jesus came to correct this problem. Right? Now that we know that all of this adulterous attitude, murderous attitude, sinful attitude of ours, Jesus took it on himself. Now we love him. For who he is, he is our king. He has paid all our price. So this is how God has put the law in our hearts. We don't follow it just because, okay, today is a Saturday. We have to do this. I have to get circumcised. Oh my God, it's a pain. Okay, I have to uh, give one tenth of my uh, uh, agricultural produce to the local temple. Oh no, I have to do this. I have to do that. We don't do any of that now because Jesus fulfilled all of that on the cross for us. And now we do only two things. We just love God and love others. We don't live by the law. Right? The Bible teaches us, he who lives by one of these laws, if you break one of these laws, you are guilty of breaking all of it. So, for we as Christians or whoever uh, uh, you know, is believing in Jesus, that you know, Jesus fulfilled the law and took all our sins on himself, we don't live by the law. That's why we don't sin. The Bible says, circumcision is nothing, uncircumcision is nothing. But not in the Old Covenant, it was extremely important, right? Because Jesus had not fulfilled the law by then. Right? So, the Jews had to follow all that. So, now... After Jesus has uh, fulfilled the law, right? Now we are on this side. So now we don't live on that side. So now you are only three groups of people. Uh, you're either a Jew or you're a Gentile. That means you're, you're not a Jew or you're a part of the church. So this is now in the, in the new covenant. In this, after, Jesus, in, after Jesus died, there are three groups of people. Jews, Gentiles and Christians. Or you're a part of the church. If you're a part of the church, you live by loving God and loving others. And by faith, you live by faith knowing that you know, Jesus washed your sins away. Right? And if you're a Gentile, like the Hindus or anyone else, you don't fall anywhere. You're like, okay, whatever you do is fine. You want to worship the wood. You want to worship the snake. Go ahead, do it. Everything is God for you. You go ahead. For them, they are lawless people. That's why our country is today. I, I believe that, you know, one, one of the reasons for this pestilence is, is, you know, God's wrath upon the current government and, you know, the way they are, 
torturing the minorities and then you know it's god's wrath coming upon upon this land you know of sin anyway so and then we have the jewish people the other group of people who are still god's people okay they they are still living by the old testament laws so we are the church now so for us these laws are there okay but jesus is the foundation fulfilled all these laws now we stand on jesus jesus is our foundation now so we don't live by the old testament laws they are important for the old testament because the new covenant is built on that right so but we don't live by that it's like an obsolete law right which is already fulfilled right you after passing 8th and 9th now you're in 10th you will not study the 8th and 9th syllabus again correct although those syllabuses are extremely important without which your 10th foundation is not there right but you have passed 10th now so although your 10th certificate matters a lot but that's old it's gone the bible calls it obsolete search that word obsolete in the bible right in the book of hebrew somewhere it's mentioned that the law is now obsolete that means you don't buy ambassador now right you buy a new car right a harrier or uh whatever <laughs> right you don't buy an ambassador or fiat these are obsolete old uh, once upon a time they were good but then now we have a better technology we have better covenant the bible calls the new covenant a better covenant so we live by the new covenant right so that's how jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets and we as christians now uh, by loving god and loving others and believing in jesus his works that he has done on the cross right now our hearts are transformed now we do things only because we love him that is how uh, in the book of ezekiel jesus what god prophesied that he is going to write the law in our hearts so now we don't do it by obligation even the jews who become christians so they are no more jews so if you are a jew and you accepted jesus as your savior you are no more a jew you are a part of the church so they don't have to live by all those obligations of the old covenant they are moved to a better covenant right so that's the purpose of the law that's the reason the law was there in the bible to know that you know we have we have uh graduated to a better covenant we don't have to live by the old covenant which was given to the ancient israel right we have better covenant we directly through jesus we bypass all those old covenant laws and then we have entered a new covenant through jesus how blessed we are right so it's a blessing for us to know jesus right let's end this prayer meeting with a prayer for uh, you know god's protection to be uh with us in these difficult times let's look up to heaven when 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 the bible says look up what does it mean you know it means not into the sky i mean how does it matter i mean uh, if you're in antarctica up north is a different direction if you're arctic north is a different direction so what what logic sense does it make look up for the person who's living there up is down for the person who's living here up is another direction right so up here only means look up above god is above all our circumstances we are on this earth we are uh, plagued by this pestilences and all these sins of our body right the sinful nature of our body right but god is above all that so when the bible says look up to him you know don't look at your circumstances that are bogging you down that are pulling you down but look up to god who is above your circumstances is above so i want to end this message with a message of hope that you know jesus is above all the sins jesus is above all the pestilences jesus is above uh hunger jesus is above our poverty you know every one of us have gone through this right he has given me some very great testimonies during when they had very tough times but how their uh vision was on god who is above their poverty their bad circumstances how god has brought them out of those situation and today she is le- leading a life of comfort only because of what jesus did for us on the cross right so let's look up to him he is above 
the, this coronavirus is above all this. In, in fact, he is a master of all. He nothing uh, that is happening here is without his control. So let's look up to him. He is going to take us out of this bad situation one day, and we will be uh, thankful to him. Right. So even if we die, no big deal, right? Because uh, in the book of uh, you know, think of Philippians, uh, it says to live is Christ, to die is gain. Right. If we live for us Christians, that is when our life means Christ. we preach christ we talk about christ we live our life for christ and but when we die it is gain for us but for not for people who are not in christ for them it's loss because they are losing their life here and they are entering now something more uh, deadly which is nothing but the wrath of god because you're dying without your sins being forgiven you're going to get stand in front of god answering for the works for your sin sinful life obviously when we die God is going to Bible says God is going to judge us based upon our works if our sins are not forgiven. Book of Revelation clearly says for those people whose name is not found in the Lamb's book of life, other books will be opened. Right? If you read the book of Revelation, it says you know when we die, so the angels are going to search the book of life. Is is our name found there? Then Jesus is not going to look at any other books. Did Lokesh miss uh, going to somebody's funeral? He's not going to look at that. Did Apachu do something wrong? is not going to look at that did eve do something wrong god is not going to look at that just because your name is found in the book of life other books will not be open he will straight away say welcome uh well done you know good and faithful servant because we are living in christ and dying in christ that is what he will say that's what the bible says is not what i'm saying but if you die without christ your sins not forgiven and if your name is not found in the book of life the bible says in the book of revelation other books will be opened other books are the bible of course the laws are there and then other books where records of probably you know everything what you've done wrong will all be there and it will be everything will be accounted for and you'll have to answer for it how terrible at that time and you know no matter what you say at that time nothing can save you and the angels are going to throw you into fire everlasting fire of torment you know the bible says your worm will not die there <laughs> we don't know what that means but uh, for us who sins are forgiven who have accepted the pardon of Jesus his blood on the cross our names our, our names if it is written in the book of life no other books will be opened what a great blessing it's a fearful thing to fall into the hand of the living god so let's abide in him let's continue our race i know the good fight let's continue the good fight all right so let's close this uh, prayer meeting i'm i'm handing over to lokesh for uh, the prayer requests and um, you know give the benediction and then let's close it thank you